Fluid Lands Mando, Ms. Marvel Matches the Movie's Magic, a Batman review just for you. All this and more on Geekly by Weekly. What's up, you gorgeous geeks? Welcome to Geekly by Weekly, your new favorite podcast for geek news, pop culture, and discussion. My name is Hogan, as usual. And I'm Ida. Same as always. Don't ever expect my name to change. Uh, <laughs> I don't know why it would. You never know. I mean, it obviously could at any time, but... Anyways, welcome guys. We're really excited to have you back. Uh, we have uh, uh, some good stuff coming towards you this 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 episode. Not like it's walking towards you, because that's a little ominous, a little scary sounding. But um, who knows? Maybe it is. Maybe this is a sentient thing, and uh, none of us actually exist. It's just a computer. <laughs> giving you what you think you want exactly that's Hmm. all we're doing here i don't think that theory holds up (laughs) no sir ee bob i am not a robot anyways i'm not a robot um let's just jump right into it i know that there has not been a whole lot of news lately um but we do have a few things that we can cover and we will cover starting off with um probably the easiest thing that we're going to cover today uh christopher lloyd formerly known as Doc Brown, Mm -hmm. has joined The Mandalorian Season 3 in an unnamed uh, character. Yeah, which I'm really excited. I am a big fan of Christopher Lloyd. I think he is a phenomenal actor. Um, He just does some really cool roles and weird roles, and so I'm excited to see where he uh, fits in the... I gotta say, I think one of my favorite roles of his was actually the woodsman in um, Over the Garden Wall. Yeah, that's a good one. It's supposed to be more of a cameo from what has been reported so far. Um, I'm kind of hoping that he uh, isn't just a cameo and comes back multiple times. I mm-hmm. We've never seen him in a role like this. And I'm, like I said, I'm not like speculating what he is or who he's going to be. But I would like to see Christopher Lloyd play a villain. I think he will, admittedly. Really? Yeah, I just, I feel like that would be the kind of role that would interest him in the Star Wars universe. So, I anticipate him being a villain. I wouldn't be terribly surprised if he's not, but I anticipate him being a villain in the story. One of my favorite roles that he's done is Judge Doom from Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He does the villain role so well, and there is really no villain like Judge Doom from a oh you know, kid's movie. <laughs> that movie fucked me up when I was a kid, like straight up fucked me up. Truly. Um, uh, apparently he was also Rasputin in uh, Anastasia, uh, which I just Anastasia. recently watched. Yeah, which, again, another fantastic uh, villain role that he's done. Um, Also, on the kind of spooky side, he did the fun Uncle Fester in The Addams Family and Addams Family Values. Both movies I have never seen. (gasps) Really? Yeah, John Mulaney would not be happy with me. It's one of my favorite movies. Like, set of movies. I watch... So, um... My family and I, we always watch Adam's Family Values on Thanksgiving. And then, uh, because it is a Thanksgiving movie. And then uh, we watch Adam's Family uh, for Christmas. 
because they do some caroling. Christopher Lloyd is a villain. I feel like it's going to be a fantastic move. Um, uh, we're not here to speculate anything until we get a little bit closer to, I guess, when they're starting to film. Yeah. Um, I'm just reporting on that one because I think that's, I think it's a fantastic move. I would yep. love to see Christopher Lloyd in more stuff. He is uh, getting up there in age. Yes, he is. But uh, let me see. How old is Christopher Lloyd? Christopher Lloyd is 83 years old. That's not like super bad, but also it's not great. Yeah. He is older, but you know. Um, I am saying right now, though, we will be having a moment of silence because it's going to happen eventually, probably sooner than we think. Um for when Dick Van Dyke dies. Oh, yeah. I had to see uh, him a couple times. Oh, you bastard. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Got to see him at Disneyland. Oh, lucky. God, I, I love this man. He's so good. And Yeah, for his uh, 90th birthday. And he's also 96. Yeah. Oh, gosh. It was that long ago. <laughs> right? Oh, my God. Aren't we getting old? Um... <laughs> But yeah, I was uh, working for his 90th, so I got to see him. Anyways, uh... Also, only on Geekly Bi-Weekly can we get from uh, Christopher Lloyd to being at uh, Dick Van Dyke's birthday in Disneyland. <laughs> um, but hey, let's move forward. Yes. Uh, like I said, that's all that we've got on Christopher Lloyd. Um, we have a trailer for Miss Marvel. I'm going to uh, pass the reins to Ida on this one. Go, go, go ahead. Take this one away. Matt, give a round of applause. I think that the trailer honestly looks super fun. Um, I think that the way that the world is kind of viewed from her perspective at points looks really cool. And the way that her imagination kind of takes shape in kind of comic-y ways is really interesting and really intriguing and not something that we've necessarily seen previously but yeah i'm really stoked to watch this series yeah i know that i mentioned uh, uh quite a few episodes back that i had the opportunity to watch the first two episodes of this series mm-hmm. before like it was even like like even all the the effects were done and whatnot um I'm still not allowed to say anything about it because yeah, of course. Uh, it's Disney and it's super under wraps. Um, but I guess in the in the comics, her powers are more um, Mr. Fantastic style, mm-hmm. where she's stretchy. This one is more like um, like a, a Green Lantern Power Ring style, where she thinks about it and it is brought into existence, but with like glimmer and like like color and stuff mm-hmm. instead of it being like stretchy powers um so that's something that i can talk about because uh they have showed that that is there i like the change i think yeah. it's cool i think it opens up the doors for more stuff rather than her just being limited to being stretchy and whatnot um but there is a <clears throat> a point on the trailer where she is asked by uh one of her friends how does it feel after she puts on the uh the not gauntlets they're um cuffs that works better um and he asked her how does it feel and she goes cosmic and i i really feel like they're going to be playing into the more cosmic stuff with this new or with these new phases um 
Well, I mean, it's already basically been confirmed that they are, especially with uh, Thor Love and Thunder coming out. We have um, uh, Doctor Strange coming out. And all these things are going to be based around more cosmic and cosmic horror stuff. Yeah. And because there's a giant universe that they're going to be expanding on, um, especially with uh, the third Guardians of the Galaxy coming out, which we haven't gotten any information about that yet. Mm-hmm. I want to see how this turns out with Chris Pratt having to be on set and uh, the whole Vax thing. Um, but that's definitely we'll something for another time. This series, from what I saw just the first two episodes, is a lot of fun. It's definitely something that people are going to have to be open to watching, and they may not be, because I know how fandoms are, and I know how comic book fans are. They want things to stay the same and not take risks. At the same time, they want things to take risks and be new and not be just an exact carbon copy of what is uh, on the page. Um, Yeah. For the first uh, poster that we got for the show, it was... (laughs) Basically a one-to-one copy of one of the, uh, I think it was the first uh, cover for Ms. Marvel, um, which is definitely going to be something that we'll put up uh, once with, once this episode comes out. Um, I think it looks fantastic. I think the look oh, and the yeah. feel of the show is going to be a lot of fun. And just like you said, I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm super excited. Um, when I saw the trailer for the first time, I had chills. Um, I just thought it looked really fun. I think that, as you said, the power change is really smart and opens up a lot of possibilities. It has one of my favorite Instagram people that I follow, uh, JT Firstman. He's the counselor at the beginning of the trailer. He cracks me up on Instagram if you uh, follow him. His name's Jordan Firstman. Didn't know that. Yeah, he he does these really weird things where like people will send in confessions and whatnot, and so he'll sing them in like catchy ways or you know <laughs> like dumb things like that. He's a lot of fun, but yeah, I think that the the whole show looks like it's going to be just a blast. And uh, yeah, I'm totally jealous you got to watch the first two episodes, but I look forward to being able to discuss them when I can watch them. Yeah, soon enough, you guys will be able to discuss them. Um, it's going to be worth the wait. I'm sure it will be for you guys. It was for me. It's going to be a fun time. And I'm really looking forward to to talking about it. I'm also looking forward to seeing the merch that they're going to be dropping for it, especially in park, because you know that that's going to sell. Oh, yeah. And it's going to be cool. Yeah. So. Um, anyways, before we move on from Disney and Marvel and go over to DC, I do want to bring up something. Uh, I'm sure it was posted on our story already. I believe so. Uh, looking at you, Connery, I'm sure I'm sure you posted it. Oh, <laughs> you literally saw it three minutes ago. Okay. Um, Oscar Isaac. Uh, this is from IGN, by the way. Oscar Isaac uh, addresses Disney employee protest over Florida's Don't Say Gay Bill. Okay, so Oscar Isaac addressed with a quote saying, I guess my comment would be start singing gay, 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 gay. Yeah, it's a absolutely ridiculous law. It's insane. It's insanity. And I hope that Disney as a company comes out as forcefully as possible against this idea. It's astounding that it even exists in this country, which, yeah, that that's exactly it. It's ridiculous. It's abhorrent. It's 
baffling that this exists and yet here we are and yet here we are uh, and like honestly just full stop on that um yep. this is this is some bullshit yep and uh, uh to to that g- gay gay rights mm-hmm. look gay. at you florida <laughs> I feel like I feel like uh, Connery is currently yelling "gay" yeah. at uh, her screen, so that's fun. If I were to clip the mic, maybe gay rights. I'm yelling "gay." <laughs> 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 oh boy! Uh, um, so hey, listen up. I of course listen up. You have to listen. You're here, aren't you? Um, I mean, they don't I guess have you to listen. The, yeah, you can turn off the podcast at any time. Okay. Um, Still here? Cool. Uh, so, <laughs> the Batman. Uh, we've all had kind of issues getting to be able to go see it because our schedules and money and whatnot. Um, I finally got to see it. Mm-hmm. Um, all two hours and 56 minutes of this movie. <laughs> and let me tell you... This is going to be a spoiler-free review, uh, and just talking about some highlights of the movie. Um, <clears throat> this movie was absolutely incredible. Mm-hmm. Absolutely stunning movie. Um, I went into this movie knowing that I was going to enjoy it, but I didn't think that I was going to enjoy it as much as I did. Yeah, it was uh, directed and written by Matt Reeves. Uh, the writers also included Peter Craig and Bill Finger. That's a funny last name. This movie was so well done. Just absolutely gorgeous. So well written. Very. It. Look at me. I'm losing my words already. <laughs> there was a lot that happened to this movie that I did not expect. I'm going to just start off right away with praise for Matt Reeves. He did the last two Planet of the Apes movies, which were also really, really good, good movies. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I repeated those words twice, but those movies were fantastic um, and hold up really well. I watched them, what, a couple months ago, and they'd come out a few years or, yeah, just a couple years back. And it's fantastic movies. I loved them. Uh, Andy Serkis is also in this movie, uh, as he was in Planet of the Apes. He played mm-hmm. the main chimp, uh, Caesar. Was it Caesar? I don't know. I, I haven't actually seen the movies. Anyways, he played the main the main ape. Um, and Andy Serkis in this movie was playing uh, Alfred Pennyworth, which was a big surprise to me because I did not expect him to be uh, in this movie. Uh, I obviously did no research before watching this movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but Andy Serkis, uh, fantastic. He was just a small role, but uh, played Alfred well to the point that he felt like Alfred from Batman the Animated Series where he wasn't just just the butler that was walking around or like uh, not even just from the Animated Series but also from the comic books where he wasn't just the butler or just the uh, the guy bringing Batman tea and shit like throughout the day he felt like he was a part of the process this movie did not feel so much like a Batman beat up kind of flick but more of a detective story with Batman in it. Um, That's not the first time I've heard that. 
Really? Okay. Okay. So then I, I guess I'm on it on that one. It, it, um, God, what can I say about this movie without giving away too much? It genuinely, uh, surprised me. I want to go see it again for sure. I had to see if there's little things that I could have noticed that I didn't the first time around. Mm -hmm. There wasn't a performance in this movie that I didn't love. Everyone in it was fantastic Dang. at what they did. And they just they just did so damn well with it. Like, I know I'm kind of gushing, but I'm going to move over to uh, Paul Dano. Paul Dano? Is it Paul Dano or Dano? Anyways, Paul Dano. I'm going to call him Paul Dano. I in think this that's one. it. And Paul Dano uh, played the Riddler. Mm hmm I can say with full uh what's the word i'm looking for full confidence that his performance as the riddler is up there with heath ledger's joker and willem dafoe's uh, green goblin dang that's high praise it it was incredible he was so unhinged and fucking crazy and there were a couple points where he was like doing things uh on screen that I was like, I'm a little uncomfortable. And it takes a lot to make me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. He he was just, there was one point in it, like I said, I'm not going to give away anything because not everyone has seen it yet, uh, or not everyone on the team has seen it yet, but he was screaming about something. Like something didn't go the way that he thought it would, and he was upset about it. And just full body chills because of how well he was doing it. You could tell that he was, that his character was upset. And he sold the anger and the, the disappointment so well mm -hmm. that I was like, shit, I hate this. I, I, I don't want to watch any more of this. But like he, he's compelling because he's, he's just, it's just the way he was written and the way he was acted. I, I've got to give uh, props to Paul Dan, uh, Dano, who was also in Little Miss Sunshine, uh, oh, 12 Years a Slave, phenomenal. There Will Be Blood. Phenomenal. So good. I loved him. Robert Pattinson mm -hmm. as Batman. I think within the first 15 minutes, he spoke maybe seven words. Wow. And I was sold. I was I was absolutely sold. He comes on screen like you see him for the first time that you see Robert Pattinson on screen, you see him in his bat suit. And first of all, the thing is gorgeous. Loved it. It was really well put together. Um and he comes onto like a not a train, you're like a a train station, a subway station, no a train station. And some people are like getting ready to beat up this one random guy and from the shadows he walks in and with with each step he sounded kind of like how um kind of like how boba fett sounds like he's got like a bit of the, the cling mm -hmm. you know you know what i'm saying right yeah like you know how like 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 a typical cowboy sounds when he's walking and you hear the the, the, the clicking of his spurs yeah like that no. and he walks in all quiet and just beats the shit out of one guy and like really makes an example of him. And the rest of the guys are like, Oh shit, I guess we're going to fight you too now, man. And that was their first fucking mistake. That was a terrible move on their part. Um, and he, he absolutely eviscerates the rest of them of course. and kicks the shit out of them. The way he sets it up though. I, you know, I'm not even going to go into that because that's, I feel like that's too spoilery and that's too much for well, what we're talking about right now, but it's, 
if you haven't seen this movie and you have the time, like I said, it is a three-hour movie. Yeah. Uh, so Kelsey and I, oh, speaking of the devil, she just walked in to come and say goodnight. Um, Kelsey and I were definitely watching the movie, and we got to the end of it, and we were like, this didn't feel like a three-hour movie. It, it, it kept you so entranced the entire time. Dang. You kind of forget how long the movie actually is. Uh, like I said earlier, there were a couple parts in it where... Because there's a lot of good horror elements to it and a lot of very, very well done uh, mystery movie elements done with it. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple parts that even I was genuinely surprised. I'm, I'm, I'm usually really good at seeing things like this coming, but there were a couple things I was like, oh shit, that did not just happen. And like, oh shit, is that really what's going on right now? Yeah, whoever wrote The Riddler is an absolute menace and just killed it with him. And Paul Dane or Paul Dano killed it with the Riddler. Like, uh, anyways, um, we also had uh, Colin Farrell mm-hmm. in this movie as a character named Oz or Penguin. He was uh, Oswald Cobblepot. Um, he's getting his own spinoff, and for good reason. He was really, really good. I didn't when when they first like started releasing images of um of Colin Farrell as or just as the Penguin. Uh, just sorry, let me tell you. When they first started releasing images of the Penguin, I saw them and I was like, who the fuck is this guy? And I, it took me a while to figure it out. Uh, actually, I didn't even figure it out on my own. I saw the cast listing and they're like, Colin Farrell as the Penguin. Yeah. Blew my fucking mind. He does not look like Colin Farrell at all in there. The power like the makeup? makeup work was just so good. Just the power of makeup. All right. And as my girlfriend would say, the cinema topography was just absolutely <laughs> wonderful. Um, there were there were a lot of really, I feel, super iconic shots uh, that will go down as like like this feels for me peak Batman, and it's it's definitely right that AMC is giving it the the artisan film treatment because it is so. It's just so well done. And I didn't expect it to be this good. Like, I knew it was going to be a good movie. I didn't expect it to be this good, and it was definitely worth the wait. Oh, man, I can't wait to go see it again. Um, And I know that you guys haven't had the chance to see it yet, you guys being the rest of the team. Um, But it just... Yikes. I'm wiping the sweat off my brow because it's so good, you know? (laughs) Dang, yeah. The trailers all looked phenomenal. Um, Yes. I really do want to see it. I just have a really crazy schedule right now, as you know, and the rest of the team knows. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's just getting the time to uh, sit and watch a three-hour movie. Yeah. But uh, hopefully by next episode, I will have seen it and I can give my full review, even if it's a little late, and uh, we'll go from there. Yeah, hopefully by next episode, everyone on the team can have seen it because... Uh, they need to go see this movie. Yeah. Um. Moving on in DC news, we have a spinoff from the Harley Quinn show where uh, Kite Man is getting a spinoff show. And uh, I, for one, I think it's going to be really fun. I think Kite Man is a super funny character in the Harley Quinn show. And uh, yeah. I'm, yeah, count I'm me in for Kite Man. I fucking love Kite it's Man. It's so good. He's 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 ridiculous. He's ridiculous no matter which way you put it. Um, 
you can't, you can't go wrong with Kite Man. No. It's going to be really fun. Um, the uh, spinoff is a Cheers-style comedy tentatively titled Noonins, which is the bar that the DC Universe henchmen hang out at while they are not being the villains that they are. Fantastic. Count me in. So the showrunner says uh, Kite Man tries to run the bar by himself, but it doesn't turn out so easy. We have Harley and Ivy appear in the first episode, but after that we have different goons and villains appearing every episode like Lex Luthor and Bane. It'll be kind of like cheers for supervillains. You know, I'm glad that you said that because I was going to ask you who should be involved and who we think is going to be involved. Um, Right off the bat, I was going to say Bane needs to be in it because I love Bane in the Harley Quinn show. Bane is so good in the Harley Quinn show. So funny. Yeah. Um, I I think that we're going to see a lot of the same goons that we get from the Harley Quinn show. A lot of our favorites, um, Bane, uh, Clayface, that sort of thing. Um, so, yeah, I am excited that it's going to be different goons per episode. So that'll be cool. And that it won't just be Harley and Ivy coming on. Um, and definitely someone else that we do need to see in the villains uh, coming into the, the bar um, is everyone's absolute favorite villain of all time. Like, probably one of the most dastardly ones known in DC. Uh-huh. And you know exactly who I'm talking about. I, I totally do. All right, ready? We're going to say it at the same time. Once we ready, uh-huh. one, two, three, Condiment King. Yeah, yes, con- that was exactly what I said. <laughs> it, is it not Condiment King? For- oh, boy. Anyways, um, yeah. He, <laughs> no, uh, it totally is. I sure hope so. Um, uh, I, I do hope that we see you. <laughs> is it just me? No, it's not just you. Oh, boy. Um, Fun fact, (laughs) his name in the comics is Mitchell Mayo, so that's fun. Um, (laughs) Love this. God, I love that. Such a good character for for no reason, and by good character, I mean not at all. I love it. It's so (laughs) horribly bad, but also so wonderfully good. Um, So, actually, now that I uh, realize this... um, Condiment King was already in Harley Quinn uh-huh. and was voiced by Alan Tudyk, uh-huh. who already voices the Joker, Clayface, and Calendar Man in the same series. Yes. And there's nothing that, um, there's nothing that Alan Tudyk can't do. I love. Exactly. Oh, boy. I would be down for Condiment King to be there. I... Alan Tudyk's at the same time. I love him. Um. Who do you want to see included? Um, honestly, I kind of want to be surprised. Um, I think, as I said earlier, we're going to see Clayface. We'll probably see Calendar Man. Uh, we may see Joker, but that will probably be in Harley's episode. Yeah, I I don't really know. That does make sense. Sorry, I'm reading. I got a reply um, from a, a listener about uh, the Batman and how they felt about it. Um, 
This listener named Bree said that she liked it, but her dad hated Robert Pattinson, said that he sucked as Batman and he was just horrible. I am going to throw your dad out of a window. I am sorry, but I am not sorry. Robert Pattinson was fantastic as Batman. And I know that we're going backwards right now. But fantastic as Batman. And I, uh, I loved him. I cannot. I'm, I'm done gushing about this movie now. We're done. Okay, moving on. Um, moving on. So you said you wanted to be surprised by who is in the show? Yeah, a bit. Um, because, again, I think it's going to really depend on the story and if it's just specifically its own independent storylines or if they're kind of co-intermingled or, That's you fair. know... So it's hard to judge. It sounds like it's going to be kind of independent storylines, in which case I'm imagining it's going to be two villains at a time, and I'm not necessarily sure which duos or trios they're going to do. What about you? Bane and Joker. Because Joker hates Bane so much. That would be fun. That would be great. That's what I, That's all that I want to see. Um... Yeah, that would be a lot of fun. Yes, that, that's that's where I'm going to leave that one at. But we're going to actually go over to some uh, some video game news on this one, which is kind of rare for us for some reason. Yeah. Um, but it's one I'm really excited for. Yeah. So there was this game that came out uh, seven years ago, apparently, uh, called Until Dawn. It had a actually really good uh, bunch of characters in it. Yes. Um. Yeah, so there was uh, Rami Malek, Hayden Panettiere, and Galadriel Steinman, Noah Fleece, Nicole Sakura, Jordan Fisher, Brett Dalton, Megan Martin in the original Until Dawn. I played Until Dawn. That game was so much fun. It's a choose-your-own-adventure horror game where you play as all these different characters and there's a butterfly effect depending on the story or scenario you pick. And it was so fun and engaging and the story was really interesting and kind of kept you on your toes. Yeah, so uh, there... As Connery is letting us know, 256 possible storylines. Holy shit, that many? Yeah. This game, I, I sat down to play it uh, and was, I, don't, I guess I got to say forced to play it by my girlfriend on our second date. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah, she sat me down in the room and turned on the air conditioning so it was nice and cold in the room. and The best way to play it. Handed me the controller and was like... Let's play this game and at first i was like eh, all right i guess uh holy shit that game was oh wow so much going on in that game and a lot of fun but um what we're talking about actually with this game i know that we keep bringing up uh, until dawn uh, there's going to be a follow-up game to it called the quarry yeah it's a successor to the game and it will have nine different teenagers who have to survive a night at Hackett Quarry. It's, again, going to be a choose-your-own-adventure game. Uh, Supermassive, the producer, or the developer of the games, 
speculates that it should last for about 10 hours, but can end earlier at around 7, depending on your choices. And as far as a cast goes, uh, count me in. So this cast includes a lot of really cool people. Uh, uh, we've got Ariel Winter, who was in Modern Family, David Arquette, who was in Scream. We have... Mm-hmm. Uh, Skylar Gisanda, who was in Booksmart, fantastic fucking movie. If you haven't seen that movie, Booksmart is really good. Please talk about it. Booksmart is so good, right? It's so it's good. So that funny. soundtrack also not so good. Um, um but well, also no. uh, Skylar is in Santa Clarita Diet and Righteous Gemstones. Oh, I haven't seen Righteous Gemstones. We've also got Lynn Shay, who uh, I fucking love, was in Insidious. Yes. Uh, you, you, I'm passing the torch. Carry it on. Go on. Uh, we've got Siobhan Williams, who is a British actress. Um, was in Heartland. Has also appeared in like Radio Rebel on Disney. Uh, pretty small so far. Uh, most recent thing seems to be Helen Wheels. Uh, there's. Grace Zabreski, who was in uh, Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks, but also The Grudge, right? Yeah, The Grudge as well. Yeah, and The Grudge. Uh, Halston Sage, Evan Evagora, Ethan Supley, who... Ethan Supley was in has been in a whole lot of things. He was in My Name is Earl, Remember the Titans, Wolf of Wall Street, uh, has been in some Kevin Smith films. Yeah, there's a really large cast. I like all these people. I think they're all fantastic. Um, Skylar Gisondo is one of my favorite actors. He's just so funny. He's just so funny. He is so funny. But I'm really excited to see David Arquette Brenda Song and Lynn Shay in this. Yes. All of which are people that I absolutely love the, the stuff that they've done, but none more than Lynn Shay. I feel like she's one of my top actresses when it comes to horror in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I mm, love her. Anyway, so the creative director, Will Biles, uh, has stated that while the game is set in modern times, that there's a very 80s feel about the setting and the characters, uh, citing that movies including Sleepaway Camp and Friday the 13th have been major sources of inspiration. So, uh, again, it's set near Hackett Quarry, which is set to have a more retro feel, and the team has been influenced by films as well, such as The Hills Have Eyes, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and Deliverance, uh, adding in little bits of Evil Dead and The Thing. So I'm really stoked for this game. I cannot wait until it is set to uh, come out, which is uh, supposedly June 10th of this year. June 10th already? Okay, that's actually not too far out. Um, I know that I saw Lynn Shea was posting on her instagram that she was mo-capping at the time oh god no cap oh, not at the time but like when she posted it she had like all the mocap dots on her uh on her head and her face and stuff um i'm i keep saying i'm excited for it i'm excited for it but hey yeah i can't wait as it turns out as we were recording this um we just found out that wandavision is reported to not be coming back for a second season 
Which I'm not surprised at. I was not expecting a second season. Um, I didn't see really where they would have gone with it um, since it was so set in that town. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not too bummed personally. I thought it was a really fun show. I would have loved to have seen a second season, so maybe in the future. But, but until then, we don't know what's going to happen because the uh, director of uh, Moon Knight was saying that uh, she's jumped into a film, maybe she's going to come back or not. I don't know, and that's exciting. I feel like people are hinting at it but aren't saying it outright that um, Wanda's going to become the villain in this next movie. Oh, yeah, and we've talked about that yeah. in the show. Um, I can't remember where I saw it or who said it, um, so... I don't know. I guess that's a good way to start a sentence. Um, someone <laughs> said there was a scene in the Multiverse of Madness trailer where they're all standing on, they being like just a bunch of characters, are standing in what looks to be Carmitage, and they're like this, um, this big cloud of smoke coming towards them, right? Mm-hmm. And someone said that just for the trailer, they color corrected it to brown to make it look like it's just like, like a bunch of dust and like sand and stuff. Uh, they color corrected it to that color, but it's actually supposed to be red and that it is uh, Wanda coming in, getting ready to fuck a bunch of shit up. I totally think it could be Wanda. Like, it could be, right? Um, and I was going to say, like, why would they, like, like, if they did end up giving her a second series or a second season, um, it would be weird because... It would be weird because... Um, why would they give a villain their own series? And then I remembered that Agatha House of Harkness is coming out, and also Loki got his own series. So Yeah, I think Agatha is going to kind of be our season two, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'm okay with that as well. Um, but hey, look at that. We're actually going to be moving on to our uh, unpopular opinions, and we have a submission. So the team over at Off Color, which you can find them on Twitter at at Off Color, but that's with a U, so O-F-F-C-O-L-O-U-R-O-R-G, decided to give us an unpopular opinion. We did definitely reach out to them, and we're like, hey, we need to hear from you guys. Um, And they they gave us one, and it's a good one. Uh, They have stated... A lot of popular shows deserve to be canceled. Stories have meaning if they end. Before a show begins, they should have an ending plan so they remain coherent and don't drag on forever. This includes spinoffs. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I yep. completely 100% agree. Um, and I am going to give two prime examples of that. Supernatural mm-hmm. and The Walking Dead. Oh, Yes. Um, the Walking Dead has gone on for way too long and now has one spinoff currently and has a second one coming off uh, that includes Negan and uh, another character. I forgot her name. Negan and Maggie. Uh, I don't. It, it doesn't feel necessary, guys. It, it does not. But that is their uh, unpopular opinion. Ida, how about you give us ours or yours? So mine is uh, that I don't think Man of Steel is as bad as everyone says it is. I'm not saying it's great, but uh, I don't think it deserves to be shit on as much as it is. I cannot comment because I didn't see it because I had no desire to. 
Well, and that was the thing. So, like, I initially had no real desire to. Superman's never been my thing. And Superman still is not my thing. He's just not the superhero for me. I had no interest in really seeing it. But then everybody was kind of like, oh, it's awful. So before Justice League, I made a point to watch all the movies. And so I watched... Men of Steel, and it really wasn't as bad as everybody made it out to be. Yeah. I think it had some interesting points. I think it was a pretty weirdly shot movie. Um, I thought that there was some interesting cinematography. It does, there's like some interesting plot points that interconnect between the other movies. Like, it, it wasn't bad. Well, that that's my unpopular opinion. I don't know. We'll we'll definitely see how I feel about watching it. But um, until then, who knows? Um, Connery has given us hers as well. So that comics Hawkeye is better than MCU Hawkeye. Um, I don't know exactly if you mean like just the character. Uh, I can agree because Jeremy Rayner is not yeah. a great person. Um, Agreed. But Comic Hawkeye is actually really, really, really fun and super sarcastic. Um, mm -hmm. I feel like Jeremy Rayner does a good job of portraying him, but Marvel hasn't done so great of a job of... Um, Giving us interesting shit. Yeah, bringing him to, to, like, to fruition with where he's at. Um, anyways, we're going to leave that one there. Uh, Matt is actually on this one as well and has also given us an unpopular opinion. Uh, he yes. said, I think that chiptune music is overrated. No offense to our own theme song. That's what it is. I am calling on Matt to join us in post-production uh, to elaborate on what he is saying. Please, Matt, if you feel so kind. Matt, you want to you wanna come in and tell us why you think that? All right. So the first thing I want to say is that this is much more of a hot take that I have than a opinion that I really thought about and like really fleshed out in my head. And it was definitely influenced by my experience of that genre just as a producer, because I would get emails all the time for people who would want me to compose like a theme song for their YouTube show or something like that. And they always want a chip tune. And I it just, I don't know. I just feel like there's so many more interesting things that you can do with music production and chip tune is like, I'm sure there's people who are doing chiptune that are like doing really interesting things with it because of the nature of chiptune and how it's very focused on the old sounds. Chiptune is entirely based around the sounds of 8-bit music like you would hear from something like a Nintendo from the 80s, which was very primitive hardware. So you're very limited in what kind of sounds you can come up with. So a lot of what has to be interesting about chiptune music is the musicality of it and the composition itself. Just from a producer standpoint, it just feels really limited. But that's just my opinion. And it's 2022 and there's a niche for everything on the internet, so I'm sure the chiptune community or like 8-bit music community is still thriving and good on them. Say something, if not... I don't know. I guess it's just crazy now. Um, my opinion, and I'm going to give an example of it as well. Uh, I said, unless it's something really bad, companies should not have so much reach and power over what their actors do. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and my example is Ray Park. Yes. Uh, a few months back, maybe even like a year ago at this point, he was set to have his own show as Darth Maul. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think he was also set to be coming back as Darth Maul in the Kenobi series. Yes, I believe so. And he, on his Twitter, not on his Twitter, on his Instagram, I want to say it was, may have posted a picture of his wiener. Accidentally, I think. Yeah, and I want to say it was an accident. I don't, like, like, it's kind of hard to fuck that up. It is. But at the same time... I don't really know the context in which he shared it. Uh, um, but I think, just as a whole, not even including the whole Ray Park thing, that there are a lot of companies that do exploit their actors or exploit their reach. I think that... Um, it's a tricky subject because, again, I'm not super familiar with Ray Park and what what all happened. But, yeah. Again, though, I think that companies do, to a point, exploit their actors. And they have a wide control over what they can do and where they can go and what they can say. And the repercussions of things said even... To a point where, yeah, okay, it was an off-the-cuff thing, fine, but uh, at a point, people need to take accountability for their actions, too, and companies have a right to uh, protect their assets. Yeah, and most definitely they do. I, I feel like you're absolutely correct about that. Um, oh, it was Andrew Garfield, wasn't it? Okay, so Andrew Garfield definitely went and said uh, some stuff recently. And I don't think I completely disagree with it. Uh, he said for, or something along the lines of forbidding straight actors from playing gay characters would mean the death of empathetic imagination. The Amazing Spider-Man and Tick, Tick, Boom actor Andrew Garfield said in an interview with The Telegraph published Monday, as a part of the profile, Garfield was asked about his performance in a 2017 stage production of Angels in America in which he played prior... Walter, a prophetic gay AIDS patient, and about whether he believes straight actors should portray gay characters. Basically, he went on to say that if we only allow people to play what they are, uh, it's it's is the death of imagination. And uh, I don't disagree. I don't completely disagree. Yeah, I think picking the right people for the job is definitely something that should be done but only picking people because they are the same color or same gender or, or, or same background as the character that you're writing isn't going to help something become better. Correct. It pigeonholes you. Blind casting is super handy, and I think more companies should utilize it. More production companies, more casting agencies... Things like that. You should have things like blind casting. Because you never know. Yeah. yeah. Some of I, the I, best roles have come out. Like Ripley from Alien was never supposed to be female. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah. So Ripley initially was written male. But they opened it up and were like, well, you know, whatnot. And Sigourney Weaver had shown some interest and so read for it, and they went, yeah, works. And they didn't have to change anything. 
that's what I'm saying. Like, like there's, there's so much going on right now where people are, are definitely, and Connery, I'm going to go read what you said right now, um, are definitely stepping down and getting kicked off of shows because like in, uh, what show was it? Big Mouth. And I know that's a bad example, but um, in the show Big Mouth, there was a black character who I want to say was played by Jenny. I want to say Jennifer Slate. Yeah, Jenny Slate. And she did step down. Yeah, she did step down, right? Because she was playing a black character. My thing is, she was fantastic in that role. At the same time, I do agree. And I do think in that instance, it. it it's hard and i trust your judgment uh with this as well but it seems like with particularly roles because as connery uh mentioned it is kind of hard to have that statement because there are differently abled individuals or individuals of color or individuals who are lgbtq plus who they want to be properly represented by individuals who properly identify with how these characters are seen. And I think that there is, uh, to kind of go back on what I was saying a bit, there is a point where I don't think the reversal of blind casting works. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so it's a very nuanced thing. Connery definitely goes on to say, I'm not arguing, just more bringing up that this is a multi-sided argument and his voice on it, unfortunately, can feel like justifying himself. And I'm not anti-Andrew Garfield, but like, I think the situation by situation, or I think, I think this is a situation by situation. And I think about Sia's work and her movie and the movie Hush. No, yeah, the movie Hush, where it was a non-deaf person playing a deaf individual yeah and then and like we've seen uh like over in um the eternals i want to say it was macabre ma, ma, oh my Macari. god how do you say that Macari, yeah was played by a deaf actress yeah and i is thought that, that the right character really i don't think it is i i don't know if that's the right name but i know it was something with an m and it was the eternals and I think that is really important, that there are certain levels of representation that do need to be seen. Yes, most definitely there is. I'm not saying don't don't yeah. not cast people, but I'm I really feel like there is a a movement going on of only casting people because they look like this person. Correct. And that is not going to help creativity. That's going to, I feel like it's going to stifle a lot of stuff that could be made uh, with the correct person because <laughs> Just because I, just because I look like Shrek, doesn't mean that I should be playing Shrek. And if you cast me in that role solely because I look like him and I do a terrible job, that's going to fall on me, not the casters. Yeah. But, and don't get me wrong i'm not saying i look like shrek i'm fucking hot but like yeah, you're you're a hottie with the body but mm. um i think what really it all boils down to is that writers and directors need to be 
more open-minded when they are creating characters and be less focused on the descriptors of the characters themselves and yeah. more about the you know the the character at its core not the character on, on its outside yeah if that makes sense because that's really i think where a lot of stories get pigeonholed is it's like well no you have to have this hot person and this hot person okay well there's hot people of all sizes there's hot people of all abilities there's yeah uh, you know <laughs> like that's that's the important thing is having a more open mind while also not diminishing the experiences of those who are potentially differently abled yeah and i completely agree with what you're saying um it's one of those things where i i definitely i like to create my own characters for like just like little things that i'm going to be doing like earlier i came up with a character for something that i would like to put forward i i'll tell you about it later i don't want to you know go yeah. throwing it out there but um i i like to create the character at their core about who they are and then think about, like, way later on what they would look like. Yeah. Like, I'll come up with the wardrobe and I'll come up with the style, but it doesn't matter to me what they look like. And I feel like that's something that should be done with a lot of uh, original characters and characters that are being written and used right now. Um, mm -hmm. I think it was Stan Lee that was talking about Spider-Man, about how the reason that he loves Spider-Man so much, not only because, you know, he created him, but, like, it could be anyone under that mask. Yeah, anybody. It, it could be absolutely any person under that mask, and that's what, that's what it really boils down to, is that it shouldn't matter what the person looks like right off the bat. It should matter who they are, what they stand for, what they represent, and then bring that person to life with the, with the proper casting. If they, if they... Correct. If they're like a great villain that's like selfish and and but also loving and you like you know you want them to be hot, don't just cast like fucking what Alexander Skarsgård or Bill Skarsgård is it? Yeah, Bill Skarsgård because you know that he's like a bit lanky and a bit creepy and can play the mean role good. Fucking, you can give it to to Idris Elba. You can give it to literally anyone. But I feel like there's a lot of limiting to what people are doing when they do what we were talking about earlier um wow we really went into that one didn't we <laughs> oh we did and i think it was important yeah most definitely it is it was it was it's something that i want to discuss later on definitely i want to get more people's opinions on this one especially once we put this episode out um i feel like that's going to be something that should be talked about for sure yes uh let us well, know just... your unpopular opinions as well, or what you thought of our unpopular opinions. Engage. Yes, please engage. Comment. We love to hear from you guys. Um, hey, look at that. We uh, actually are... Are we out of stuff to talk about? I think we, we are. are. We? That's it for this episode. Wow, we checkmarked everything, didn't we? Look at us. We did it. Another episode in the bag. Anyways, guys, this really brings us to the end of the episode, doesn't it? It does. I feel like we had a good conversation, didn't we? We did. It was a good episode. I would like to ask uh, Ida, I need you to do something for me. What's that? I need you to give me some good advice in five seconds. Go. 
don't hit your head on walls. You know what, right? As I said it, I was like, she's going to fucking say something about her head, isn't she? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, geez. Yeah, we had a lot of... Uh, a lot of uh, good concussions. I mean, discussions <laughs> about this stuff today. Um, uh, Connery, I would ask you for uh, advice in five seconds, but I don't think you can type that quick. Also, you don't have a mic and you are not recording with us. So uh, maybe next time. Matt, five seconds. Okay, well, here, Hogan, you give five seconds and then ask Matt or Matt and vice versa. That gives Connery time. Um, okay, my advice in five seconds is uh, soak your pans when you're done using them. Yes, that is smart. Matt, I need yours. Go. Don't go chasing waterfalls. Wow, that was great advice, Matt. Thank you for that. Oh, boy. Oh, good. So insightful. All right, Connery is typing hers. All this while, we are still waiting on Connery. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Connery says, keep your own peace. Don't let anyone take it. Wow, well done. It was well Um, worth the wait, Connery. uh, God, I love uh, one-minute advice. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys, seriously, thank you for tuning in with us. Uh, Thank you for listening and still being here. Um, We love you. It really does mean a lot to us. Yeah, Yeah, we we really appreciate all the love that you guys give. Uh, We are really looking forward to interacting with you guys more as we try and build this uh, higher and higher. And just know that we couldn't do it without uh we love you guys so much and when you go out into the world when you turn off this episode or when this episode uh ends uh just remember that uh jk rowling does not deserve any respect all right guys we love you so much yep uh and we will uh see you hear from you talk to you soon yeah i don't know we'll see you about that okay bye, bye.